Welcome to the Second Middle Podcast with Sandra and Charlie, your friends in the struggle that we affectionately call middle age. We're two Gen Xers with a lot to say, and we hope you enjoy listening to our perspectives on life, family, relationships, and other important topics touching you folks in the middle. By no means are we expert on all these topics, but we have and we are living through the struggles that we'll be unpacking. Through sincere conversations, some gentle debating, we hope that we can find common ground, or we could hope we at least can entertain you. Although we're ha- we will be talking quite a bit about the middle, all listeners are invited. Please share your perspectives through our social media pages on Facebook and Instagram, or email, and that email is stuckchuckinthemiddle, all one word, middle at gmail.com. If your perspective is something that Sandra and I can comment on, we'll be happy to share it through our platforms. Now, before we get started, I'd like to state that the views and opinions expressed on this podcast or through any of your communications are solely the views and opinions of the host of those expressing them. In other words, we will only speak for ourselves, and we do not and we will not speak on behalf of other persons, organizations, or companies. Additionally, we're not therapists, mental health professionals, advisors, or counselors. The material presented here is meant to entertain based on our own experiences and opinions. If you think you need help, please consult a professional at your own discretion. And finally, we have had many different experiences involving many different people. You should not assume that our descriptions of persons, places, or events are explicit to a specific individual place or event. So uh, as we get started, we've got a uh, good topic here today. Call, you can't take it with you. But before we start the topic, Sandra, uh, what's what's hurting you today? <sighs> I think my back's hurting a little today. I might have had a headache. I think we've we've actually drank a little bit. Uh, we drank last night, right? So do you have a hangover? I have a little bit of a hangover, I think. A hangover? <laughs> a little bit. Not too much. I mean, it wasn't that much we drank. I drank that craft beer, though. Lightweight. <clears throat> I know. Sometimes... But that craft beer, man, just, you know, kind of goes the wrong way sometimes. Mm-hmm. Had you doing funny things? Yeah, a little bit. All right. You? Uh, what's hurting me today? Um, not too much. I don't think I woke up with a hangover. Um, you drank more than I did, too. I guess I did. You did? I'm bigger than you. You always say that. I am. Well, today we're going to be talking about work-life balance. So if something was hurting me, it'd probably be related to work, work and... Do I have the right balance with my life, right? So make no bones about it, folks. Our society demands workers. And guess what, folks? Tag, you're it. You are the worker. Human labor and cooperation are pretty much has pretty much guaranteed uh, human progress. It has advanced our society. It's responsible for feeding billions. And it would be difficult to maintain our lifestyle without working and benefiting from others' work. And at least in my opinion, work can be good for you. It gives people purpose and meaning. It can make people feel, find fulfillment, and at least sometimes it can be fun. Uh, but uh, are we working too much? What do you think, Sandra? Are we working too much? Um, you know, sometimes I think for, you know, I think that as we went into COVID, right, um, mm-hmm. we started working a little bit more, it felt like. And I think it was more just because we mm-hmm. now we have, like, a dedicated space that you know, in the home space, in the you mean? home space mm-hmm. that we can log in whenever, you know, and so it gives us the ability to work more. So yep. I think we're working a little bit more. And plus, we don't have anything else to do. So. Okay. Well, today we're going to be unpacking or examining the work habits of Gen Xers. We are the children of baby boomers and the grandchildren of the greatest generation, best known for their work ethic and industrious attitude. Even Sandra and I have shared different attitudes about work, so uh, you're likely going to see more of the gentle debating during this episode as we kind of unpack some of the work habits of our generation, other generations, and, uh, you know, finding the right balance of work. So 
Santa, can you describe your parents' approach to work? How was their work ethic? How does it compare to your own? Um, you know, my parents were pretty hard workers, I think. You know, they they didn't, well, mainly my mom, didn't really give me a choice. Um, you know, it was basically back then, you know, when we were teenagers, I think you could start working at 15 back then. Mm-hmm. Um, 15 came and, you know, it wasn't even a question. I, I don't even remember it being like, do you want to work? It was just kind of like, okay, you can go get, start applying for jobs now. Right. Um, Your first job was at SeaWorld? I was at SeaWorld, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, I worked at SeaWorld and then I um, just have been working ever since. But um, it was kind of like it was just what you were expected to do, right? Like, yeah. you know, you, you got up and you went to work. And I don't remember, my dad is just crazy. Like he's, you know, pushing 70 and the guy can't sit still. So he's always finding something to do. I, I You know, the work ethic is, you know, you want something you go out and you work for it so you know my mom was kind of the same way I don't remember her you know not having any strong qualms about not working or you know right yeah you definitely do see your dad uh, pretty much leave every day uh, jobs stuff like that right? whatever he's just he's a busybody mm-hmm. and you know I think that 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 kind of manifested into what I do today like I, I'm not I can't just sit around like I, I can't you know me like if I'm sitting around for too long something's going on yeah. So in your opinion, how has the concept of work changed or evolved since our parents' generation to now? Well, I think that now that, you know, for us, right, um, I think we're a little bit more obsessed with work, you know, in my mm-hmm. opinion. You know, um, you know, older generation and, and you know, they, they're, you know, retiring and they, you know, got to a point where they're like, okay, we're done. You know, we're not going to work anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I mean, I'd like to retire. I don't know that that's ever going to happen, you know, right. but um, I, I just think that that's kind of changed as we've gotten you know, older. It's, right. It's not, the expectation of retirement has yeah, had to be somewhat um, altered. <laughs> Altered, yeah. But you know who's not working is that pug snoring at your feet. It, yep. You yeah, know. he's working real hard. He's working hard on his snore. So, folks, you hear some background snoring. That is our dog, one of our dogs. Uh, actually, I think that's Lauren's dog. Um, he's ours. Yeah. Snoring in the background. You know, f- from what I've seen generationally, I don't know. You know, obviously, my parents worked hard. Um my grandparents certainly the same um you know one of my grandparents had a business the other one worked a long time you know driving a you know a, a, we call them wreckers i guess tow trucks right mm-hmm. and you know worked probably i don't know mom said he worked until the 70s my grandfather so you know they obviously you worked until you couldn't work anymore, anymore. right mm-hmm. um so i don't know i think now you know, we start thinking about, you know, planning, like saying, how, long, how much longer do we have to do this? <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. You know, but I think that the work is a little bit different, you know, because I don't know, man, like I, I, I remember my parents, I mean, obviously they work, right? But mm-hmm. I just, I saw them working just to work. They didn't bring mm-hmm. their work home like we do, you know, like our stress from work is, is fucking terrible man you know like it's like you can't get away you can't shut it off Mm -hmm. and I don't know if that's just because of the line of work that we're in and it was a little bit different from the line of work that you know 
my parents were in or that they, you know, chose mm-hmm. as career professions. But I don't remember them like being on the weekends like, oh my gosh, or, you know, like every day, like, oh, I need to go get a drink, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I didn't see that. So I don't know if, you know, that's, that that's changed at least for me, you know, where I, I bring my work home with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading an article, um, and this was in, I'm trying to remember the magazine. It was written, oh, business.com by Kylie Kuglowski, managing tips for a multi-generational workforce from baby boomers to Gen Z. And they descri- she describes the work habits. Um, by the way, the link will be in the show notes. Uh, she describes the work habits of boomers as being loyal to their employer, being self-motivated, having strong work ethic, being competitive, being willing to make personal sacrifices for professional success. But that sounds a lot... Like us? It sounds a lot like uh, she describes Gen X as being efficient, direct to the communication style, adaptable to new technologies, independent, steady, and dependable. But I, I guess, I don't know, I kind of identify with both. Yeah, I mean, you're a lot more loyal than I am, that's for sure. Um, Certainly. But I think that... Um, I think that it's a little bit of a combination of both, right? Because I think that for us, generationally, we did start working young. I remember being in high school and not being like the only kid that was working. Like Mm -hmm. all of my friends were working, you know? So I think that we've been working for so long that maybe that's part of why we were kind of taking on some of those characteristics from our parents because, Mm -hmm. you know, we, we got it. We got it at a young age. Yeah, well, speaking about loyalty, this is a different article on bankrates.com, gobankrates.com. Gen Z versus boomer, job seekers versus each generation really, what each generation really wants. And this was written by uh, Gabrielle Olya. And again, this link will be in the, in the show notes. And her comment was, 65% of Gen Z job seekers have either switched industries or are considering doing so according to a recent uh, recent survey, uh, oh, LinkedIn Workforce Confidence Survey. So rates are noticeably lower than baby boomers. So her argument is, is that Gen Z is more willing to job hop, I guess? Yeah. Is that, is that what you'd say? No, I would definitely agree with that. I think that, you know, for for our generation, we saw that, at least that's how we were told, right, is that job hopping was bad, mm-hmm. right? You Your loyalty, you know, you're, were, you were going to be thought to be more successful if you were more stable from a job perspective as far as tenure, right? Mm -hmm. But I've started to see that now is that, you know, this newer generation, they don't care. They're going to chase the money. They're going to chase the perks. They're going to chase what's going to make them happy. And maybe that's where they have it right, Mm -hmm. you know, where we don't have it right because we stay in these jobs sometimes that may not be good fits or they may not be the best thing for you. But you're comfortable, you're a little mm-hmm. complacent, you know, you yeah. have the perks that you want, you do what you want, you know, and you're like, eh, if it's not fix it, if it's not broken, why fix it? Right. Yeah, I, I, I tend to see the same thing. Um, I was always under the impression that you job hopped, that, that was a bad thing. It yeah. looked bad on a resume. You had too short a tenure at a specific spot but honestly i just see those folks making more money i mean, <laughs> I mean uh, that's what i'm saying i think that they have it right you know like we're, we're we were doing something wrong here yeah in the same article i just mentioned by uh gabrielle she mentions that uh gen z only 24 percent of gen zers prioritize more flexible work from home policy so her argument is is that gen z um you know they 
it's not that they are uh, shy away from, or that they're uh, against going into the, the office or against working from home, but they're not against going into the office in the words like the flexibility or if, if they're told they have to go into the office, it's not as not big a deal. deal where baby boomers tend to be the opposite where work from home tends to be more of a, a desired need. Really? Yeah. From boomers? That's what it says. Older generations like boomers are already seasoned professionals, so in-person work is less appealing. Well, you know, I mean, that. I mean, maybe because, I mean... And that was a direct quote from the article. And that makes sense because, you know, we've been doing it longer. You know, we've been working longer. We've been in office this whole time. And now we can see that our companies are able to get the same type of performance and sometimes more mm -hmm. from us when we work at home, right? We're in the comfort of our own homes. We don't necessarily have to fuss with traffic. You don't have to fuss mm -hmm. with, you know, running back and forth, you know, gas prices, whatever, right? So, you know, that can make a little bit of sense. And then, you know, from somebody that's a lot younger, maybe they use that as socialization too, right? Like. That's how they're making their friends. That's how they're, you know, doing whatever. Well, I think what you said is key, too. We have our homes. I mean, how many Gen Z folks have their homes? I mean, yeah, I'm sure yeah, some do. but That's true. So, you know, if they're working in cramped apartments, maybe there's more of a desire. likelihood or desire to go in and, um, you know, be amongst peers or whatever. Um, so in the sense of um, how important is the idea of job security for dog you. is really loud. Yes. <laughs> we could record like a whole... We could record a whole episode uh, on just... What's it called? AMSR? Oh, <laughs> on just our dog snoring yeah. because he's so crazy. But anyway, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the sounds of Beans Costello. <laughs> Beans Costello. Okay. Um, so... How important is the idea of job security for you compared to your parents? Like, do you, do you feel like, I mean, medical insurance is nice, you know? I'm just saying, um, I, I think that it was always a, a uh, an important, you know, topic to have a job, right? Like, I mean, I think my mom had been through, um, a displacement I think one time like the, the work that she was doing or the places she was at they closed down mm -hmm. and so um, and she had been there for a long time and she you know was very secure there and so I think that that kind of turned her life upside down a little bit mm -hmm. you know um, and then after that she obviously found um, you know some more stability at a place and, and she was good you know mm -hmm. um, but job security was always a big thing you know is that and I mean who, who is it not important to you right. know what I mean I mean I would think that it would not be important to people that just don't want to work you know, because that yeah. that happens. But I mean, who who isn't wanting to have a secure yeah. job? I mean, how many people do you know that like really don't want to work? Oh, now, they may I, not I, be I working a, a job that they don't want. No, but, I know a few. Yeah, yeah. I've always thought that like folks that it may seem like they don't want to work and they're just not working a job that they want to work. You know what I mean? No, there's people out there that don't want to work. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what strategies? Or techniques have you adopted to achieve better work-life balance? You know, um, I think that as I've started to evolve in my career, um, it, it really just depends on how important that is to your manager, to be honest with you. Mm -hmm. Because I've had managers that were both, where, mm -hmm. you know, 
they, they didn't really see the importance of work-life balance and it was kind of like hey like you needed to come in and you need to do your job and that's all I really care about you mm-hmm. know but then you know as I started to kind of move up in my in my organization I saw that it was really starting to be a really important topic around work-life balance and I think that, that was because there was more attention around mental health and around mm-hmm. you know stress and you know things that were coming like kind of starting to peak up you know yeah um so I think that like from a strategy, I, I don't necessarily adopt any strategies. I really just do what works for me, right? Mm-hmm. Like if I'm doing something, I think that now that we're older and we don't really have a whole lot of places to be or things to do, right? that work-life balance is pretty balanced right now because mm-hmm. I'm okay. But, you know, I hear people that are having those struggles and it's mostly because you're trying to juggle their family and their kids and soccer games and you know dance games and cheer practice and you know and I gotta be at this game at this time and I gotta hurry up and do this and you know like I've gotta take my kid to school I've got you know like I mean you have to just find a place where it works and I think having a support system is a big big piece of that you know don't take all the don't take it all on on yourself you Mm -hmm. know you need to have help takes a village right work-life balance um is a work isn't always the work that you get paid for oh god no. work could be the work that you have at home waiting mm-hmm. for you or picking up the kids or taking them to practice and stuff like that yeah and that when you although sometimes you might have support system to help you balance the work at home or balance the work at work you really need to have both you need to be able to have support systems in both areas right for sure that could be like having a backup at work somebody who yeah, or no, you know what, I mean, are really just making plans, right? Like, right. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is that, you know, even for us, right? Like, I mean, I think our work-life balance is, you know, we're always chasing to see who has to stay and, you know, deal with the dogs, right? Because they right. can't stay, you know, alone for too long. So, you know, planning that out, any planning anything out, I mm-hmm. think is probably just key. You know, without a plan, you're, it's just shit falls apart, you know? Right. So do you think it's more important to work hard while you're young and amass as much assets as you can so that you can slow down later or are you more thinking you've got to work hard your whole life to be able to maintain whatever lifestyle you set up yourself you know i think that just depends on what kind of situation you put yourself in Mm -hmm. right like i think ideally when we are coming in you know, as young folks and, and we're like, okay, yeah, like our, our thought process was like, okay, I'm going to do all of the work right now. I'm going to go to school. I'm going to do all this stuff yeah. or I'm going to find a job and I'm going to really bust my ass and really try to do what I can so that I can move up and make as much money as I can. Mm-hmm. And then as I get older, I don't have to do that. It, that, that doesn't necessarily happen all the time. Yeah. You know, like, I mean, I think that now that the way that things have have turned and, and it's just not like that. Like I, I right. feel like even for us where, you know, we work harder now, you know, mm-hmm. because I think we have more responsibilities and we have more obligations with our jobs. Just job type. Yeah, is- it's just job type. So mm-hmm. it's like the more successful that you become, right, then the more responsibility and the more job just comes mm-hmm. with it so yeah i mean but i think that's going to be up to you if you're okay with that then do it but if you're not okay with that then stop and find something that makes you happy yeah yeah so. i think there's nothing worse than being a high-paid job that makes you miserable right well yeah exactly like i think that you know we're how much is your happiness worth 
You know, that's the right. thing, right? Like, if you're happy, if you're not willing to put a price tag on your happiness. Or your sanity, right? Yeah, shit, you know? like <laughs> your sanity worth? It's your sanity, man. Like, you know, it's, but I don't know, you know, again, like, if you've put yourself in a situation where you can't really, you know, get out of it, you got to find something that's going to make you happy, but also pay the bills. So how do you think um, our kids, their attitude towards work, you feel like it's the same or... Um, you know, I think that it is for the most part, you know, um, they have their own views about it. I think that for them, they understand they they work because they, I don't want to say want, but they kind of want to, you know, like there was not a need for it. Right. You know, like I didn't, we didn't make them go out to get jobs because they needed to pay for their own expenses. They needed right. to pay, like, no. They went out and got jobs because mom didn't want to go buy Lululemon for them and they want go buy your damn self. Yeah. Or they wanted to go and do whatever they wanted to do and they didn't want for me to be dictating to them how much they could spend or how much, you know, they could have. So that's why they went out and got a job. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't yeah. because they had to. So they're... I think outlook on it at first was kind of like, meh, you know, Yeah. if it is what it is and if I don't want to go in or I don't have to. But then I think that as they started to be a really engaged part of teams and they started to really hear us about, uh-huh. well, this is what happens when you call into work, right? right. Like it, you're, you're putting the pressure on somebody else that went into work thinking that they're okay and now they got to do your job too. Yeah, it used to drive me crazy when they would call in for like no good reason. Yeah, like, you, know? you know, and I mean, and yeah, they're young, but I think that now as they've started to get, started to get older and they've started to understand the importance of why you go in. Yeah. I think that one of my, my old bosses, she, she was, you know, she was great. She was great and she taught me a lot. And I remember she would always say, attendance is the most controllable part of your job. Mm-hmm. And I say that to everybody. Yeah. Everybody, because it is, you know? So I think that the girls have started to kind of understand that more and they see, right. you know, they, they see what what you get out of it. Yeah, absolutely. So how has technology changed work life balance for you? Oh. Well, I mean, obviously, you know, from a from a technological perspective, I can, you know, plug in wherever, right? Right. Like, that's a that's a blessing and a curse. Hey, oh, think about it. it it definitely is because because I mean, it changes the expectation. Like, hell yeah, you're expected to always be logged on. Well, I mean, but you know, I think that it again goes back and depends on the worker you know to that extent because my I'm kind of you know I'm I got it easy my boss isn't like that you know right. he's just kind of like hey you know like he doesn't make expectations he doesn't throw stuff at you but at the same time he knows that we are all you know it's part of our business continuity plan that you yeah. always have your plug-in with you right it's always with you right right so if something comes up the expectation like you said is that you got to plug in right yeah. So there is no excuse for that anymore. Where we used to remember, like you know, in the winter time, things would sleet over. Oh well, oh, sorry, we got to shut everything down. We, mm-hmm. you know, we can't go into work. Shit, there ain't none of that no more. Yeah. Because everybody's expected to go work home. From home. Yeah, work from home. Yeah, I I had an old mentor tell me, you know, life is about managing expectations, right? So when you think about that, if you're working, and I think we've kind of been circling around work-life balance, How do you? what techniques do you use? And I think when you really think about work-life balance from a perspective of managing expectation is, is 
you do what you say you're gonna do, but don't overpromise and underdeliver. And underdeliver, mm-hmm. right? It's better to underpromise and overdeliver or something to that effect, because I think that you leave people hanging. Yeah. When you say you're gonna do something, you don't do it. But I don't think that. Like, I think people have it in their mindset that there's an expectation that everybody perform heroics 24-7. Right. I don't know that's always the case. And if you're in that situation, maybe it's time to start looking somewhere else because it's not sustainable. No, it really isn't. I mean, and like you said, like, I mean, I think that at that point, too, like, it kind of makes you go crazy a little bit, right? Because you're like, well, what? Like, you're you're always going to be treading water. Mm-hmm. You know, you're never going to see the light, you know, and I think that that like you're you're setting yourself up. But then, you know, it's funny, though, because I think that I at least and I know that you know this, too, like we've seen, you know, a couple of our friends that have made those choices in life and said, like, hey, you know what? Fuck this. Right. You know what I mean? I don't want to do this anymore. This sucks. It's I don't want to work that hard. Yeah. I don't want to work this hard. It's a rat race. It sucks. I'm out of here. Right. right. And then they go do something else. You know, and then they kind of fall back into a career they didn't even know that they would enjoy. Yeah, that they enjoy. You know, so it's kind of like, is that where we're kind of holding ourselves back because we're afraid to make those changes and something better could just kind of be out there and we'd not even know it? Yeah, no, I've, I've thought about that in some sense. You know, I enjoy the security. Yeah. That comes with you know, the role that I have, mm-hmm. right? I know how to do it well. It's not that it's easy, but you, when you know how to do something that's not easy, when you know how to do it, it can it can become easy. Right? Yeah, and so, it's a benefit to you, right? Because I think that you have so much knowledge right. that, you know, you, you can solve problems, right? You right. solve problems, you're able to have answers, mm-hmm. you know, so I think that that in itself is, you know, it's pretty good for you. Yeah. Yeah, you know where all of the all of the the keys are hidden, and I yep. think that makes that makes a, a a a situation where work can become easier and you can find greater balance. But that came at sacrifice. Like I had to work really hard when I was young. You yeah. know, I had to work the overnight schedules. I had to work the schedules that nobody wanted, mm-hmm. and do all of those things when I was young in order to achieve, um, you know, the type of momentum that I have now. Right, and there's no guarantees, but. Well, and it's funny though, right? Like, I kind of think that as we're like talking about that, like, doesn't it, it kind of pisses me off because when we're talking about like, okay, like, yeah, like I had to work those shitty schedules. I had to, you know, do the overnights. I had to do this. I had to do that. Nowadays, people don't do that shit anymore. You don't have to. Yeah. It's kind of like you walk into these sweet ass schedules or you walk into the sweet ass job right. that you didn't really have to work very hard at, you know? Right. So that I think has also changed too. Well, and I get frustrated you know because my message to the girls is like bust ass now so you don't have to bust ass later mm-hmm. you know uh, but I don't necessarily I don't know if they don't have to do it and I and maybe they'll disagree maybe they think you know I am working hard now and you know I'm sure they are I think the working hard is different now right it's different it's, it's a more, different working hard yeah it's a different working hard it's it's not as um, it's not as hard from different it's a, it's hard in a different way I right. guess that's that's what it is, and yeah. so, yeah. I mean, I think they would. Well, they would probably tell you that you work too hard. Right, right, and that's fair. Um, so, we talked a lot about work-life balance and what it means. Uh, and work-life balance again is going to be different for everybody. Some people love their work, you know, yeah. and, and that's okay. Like that's fine. I don't disagree. I think that you know, 
but I think, you know, I think that every job and every career and every thing, everything is going to have its own, you know, stresses, its own up and downs. And, you know, I think that, like, for me, I always enjoy it's not necessarily that i like what i do most times it's that i like the people that i'm around right like that i think is what you know that keeps you there you know like you got your peeps man you're like ah like you make it tolerable for me to come into work because i'm you know joking around or i'm farting around or whatever yeah the environment with your coworkers and your boss is important oh for sure if that's not there oh it's terrible it's just who wants that? You no, know? it's terrible. It is so terrible. Yeah. It's always good to have work friends. I think it does make the day go by a little bit faster, makes it more tolerable. It's also, it also makes you more effective because you've got friends in the organization. Yeah. So if you need an answer you know and who to ask. you know who to ask and they're more willing because you've got this long-term relationship where you've traded favors over the years, you know what I mean? And I don't mean favors in a bad way, but... No, you, you build your back. network, right? Yeah, you right? build your network, right? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest things that we keep telling the kids is, is, you know, like, every time they kind of ask, you know, like, or they'll say, or, or they've started looking for jobs, right? You know, the 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 Nepo baby type of situation that has come mm-hmm. up with in Hollywood, I think right. Lauren and I had talked about that, and I was like, hey, nepotism is around everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, oh, just like, because she was under the assumption, like, oh, no. I said, honey, no. Like, there's been conversations where if I wanted to pick up the phone and ask somebody that's in a different organization, hey, are you hiring? Mm-hmm. You know, and I kind of say, like, hey, can you give me some, you know, info about this or whatnot right. and the other, right? Like, that's kind of being, you know, that's nepotism right there in a sense where if I'm asking you, like, hey, you know, got this kid, she's going to go and apply. Right. You know, can you maybe just at least put in a good word? Like, well. It happens. And if somebody's willing to, to sacrifice their or to put their reputation on the line in support of another person. Right. And I think it makes the hiring decision that much easier. Yep. For whoever's hiring, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe that's where some of that nepotism is. And again, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not no. saying that it's wrong, obviously. Um, but I, I think, think that, that there's a reason sometimes people in those situations get tired. It may be that they've learned the skill. Well, I was going to say, too, that I think that what how that, at least what I think about it is that I think that it helps to at least give you the end to have that conversation. Yeah. You know what I mean? Where you know that at least I know enough about this person to know right. that I can at least know kind of some of your background now Mm -hmm. i'm not saying go hire them because they know me no right what i'm saying is that at least if you can have that conversation Mm -hmm. and let their experiences speak for themselves and if you pick a better quality a more qualified candidate go go do that you know that you should do that in no way do i think that that is a force for you to say if i know you go hire somebody i know no, I'm just saying that, hey, I wouldn't mind if you'd maybe help them get that conversation and then let them do their own let thing. Let them do their own thing. Yeah. yeah. So, girls, you thinking about being a <laughs> podcast Nepo baby? You know, I don't know. We can get you started. We can maybe give you some information. We'll get you some uh, information on how to start a podcast. <laughs> All right, so I did want to move into our pop culture section. So some of the questions I thought about, what were some of the cultural influences that shaped our work habits so mm-hmm. the first one that came to mind was like wall street, wall street right so what's the what is you know gordon gecko's line in wall street you know greed is good right did that influence our generation to chase you know get that bag right you know what was you know i think some some people maybe um it definitely changed my outlook on things um <laughs> that was that movie when i saw it um 
I knew that I was going to have some type of career in the financial sector. Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's where the money was. That's where the money was, you know? And I mean, I think that was the biggest influence on me was that I'm like, oh, shit, like, this guy is just balling. Like, what what is, what's happening, right? And what, like, he just, you know, it, it blew my mind, right? And I think at that point, it kind of just more so made me a little bit more interested in learning more about it you mm-hmm. know i it, it sparked an interest i think right. is what it did um you know and i mean it obviously put me into a situation where i wanted to learn more about it because in my head if you knew about money and economics and finance and all this stuff mm-hmm. then you were going to basically be rich right right based on what they should what they said on that movie but right. that didn't really all the way happen but. yeah yeah obviously <laughs> there was some corruption in there right uh i thought also ferris bueller's day off and look at it from this sense so they ditch school they take you know take time off and kind of the theme of the movie is theme of the movie is life moves pretty fast if you, you don't, don't what is it if you don't stop and look around uh, you may miss it you may miss it yeah so um I thought that also might have had some influence on our generation because later on, when we started to grow up, there was a great, uh, you know, kind of um, move to make sure that you had that work-life balance, right? I don't know that it really existed before, but I heard more about work-life balance when I started getting, like, in my younger career, you know? I didn't really start work hearing about a lot of work-life balance truly probably within, like, the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, that was when I really started like hearing about work-life balance. Right. Um, I think that when I think about Ferris Bueller, I think that that movie actually made me kind of think now as an adult um, that you need to sometimes take a day for yourself. Right. <laughs> you know, like, and you, you know, yeah, Ferris Bueller had the most like epic hooky day of all fucking time, right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. goes out. You know, goes downtown, goes out to eat and have lunch in these places, watches baseball, does all this fucking shit, right? And that, I think, to me, is like, I think that's part of the reason why I don't necessarily call out of work sometimes. Because I'm like, well, what the hell am I going to do? I don't have anything to do. That, I think, is what it did. That movie just kind of told you, Mm -hmm. like, sometimes you just need to take a a moment for yourself. And maybe just do nothing or just go do stupid shit, you know? We need to schedule a Ferris Bueller's Day. We off, need so. to definitely schedule. You never want to take any fucking days off, bro. <laughs> I got a little work Shit. to do. Uh, I wrote some more down, but I don't remember seeing these. Working Girl with Melanie Griffin. I know that was a big one. You know, I didn't watch that one too much. I mean, I, I remember it. I think it was more around the fact that this woman came in. She was a secretary. And somehow or another, she ended up like being um, like her, her boss got hurt. And then she ended up filling in for the boss. They thought it was she was the boss. It was some some shit like right. that. Yeah. I think the moral of that story is just that you shouldn't really overlook people just because of the type of title. The they title had. that they have, right? Yeah. Uh, Secret to my success was that Michael, Michael J. J. Fox. Fox. That was um, same situation. He was a smart kid. I, I'm guys. I'm a movie buff. Eighties <laughs> movies. I will tell you about every eighty movie and our um, a plethora of unnecessary dumb shit. The Secret of My Success was about a kid that grew up kind of in, like, Midwest, right? Yeah, he moves to New York. Yeah, he moves to New York. He's thinking, like, I'm going to get this badass job because I have, like, this education and somebody's going to hire me and I'm going to be super rich. And he ends up in the mailroom. Yeah, he ends up in the mailroom. And then he ends up in the executive board. But the way that that happened was he was still kind of double life in it. Right. You know, so 
you know, same situation, right? Like, don't not think that just because you work in the mailroom, like, you don't know shit. Right, right. Uh, a couple that I thought, oh, well, Trading Places. I remember that's trading. a class. That's a fucking class. That's just yeah. a classic. Yeah. Like, yeah. what is it? Mar- what is it? Looking good. Merry New Year, no. What is he talking uh, Happy New Year. <laughs> no, he doesn't say Happy New Year. He says, um, he's in the train, remember? And he says, like, Merry New Year or something. Uh-huh. Like, it's some stupid shit like that. But yeah. that is a class. That is a great movie. That is a great movie. Yeah. I did write down, now these, uh, I thought of them from a different angle, but like. Yeah, you are always like getting well i wrote you, down you, you went real fucking deep well i this. went deep on this and so i thought fight club that was about like consumerism anti-consumerism ex- existentialism where you fit in the world stuff like that so i thought that that had a little bit like kind of like a pushback against um you know consumerism that, or the the need to, to consume but all did the you time. really is that true or is that just your theory no, no, no. Like, when you think about it, when you think about, like, the whole beginning where he's having this fantasy where he's going through an Ikea catalog, or it was, like, an Ikea catalog, and he's doing all these, he's, like, taking inventory of all the things that he bought, mm-hmm. and, like, what does it matter? I think, like, the apartment blows up. I'm sorry, I'm probably getting this wrong, folks. I haven't seen the, the movie in many years. I don't remember that kind of Hector stuff. Will, Hector will grab, pull me aside next time <laughs> about the brilliance of Fight Club. Uh, the Matrix, I thought, because the Matrix... Um, See, but again, are you just pulling this out of your ass? Or no, no, is no, this- no. So, so in the Matrix, there's a specific kind of um, reference, reference or vignette where um, uh, you know the Agent Smith or whatever is talking to Neo, yeah, and he says, you know, we tried to make Mr. the Matrix, Mister Anderson, yeah, we tried to make the Matrix a paradise, and we tried to make it like this really nice place, but that humans rejected it, that mm-hmm. they had to, that they had to like make the environment the height of capitalism for in order for people to be productive and for them to produce the power that they needed or whatever to run their matrix or something like that. So I thought that was kind of like commentary on capitalism and human behavior and stuff like that. That's where it kind of got. That's where you had to add your your nerdship in there. But the last one I put was Sex in the City. Mm -hmm. So as you know, Sex in the City, hyper consumerism, you know, who heard of Manolo Blahniks before sex? I'm, I'm sure some people did, but yeah. Like, your average person you know what i mean like think about the things that they, the, that they, they spend plugged? their money on that they plug like people save a long time to buy those things right yeah or they put themselves in a lot of debt well they put themselves in a lot of debt and i think at one well time, you know and it's funny that you say that right because now that i kind of think about that you know carrie in the beginning right like carrie doesn't really make a whole lot of money she's a writer Mm -hmm. in new york you know she's living well among her means right and she's not shy to kind of say that right well above her yeah well above her means um you know and it's funny that you know she kind of made it okay you know where it's like yeah i'm gonna go buy these thousand dollar shoes i'm gonna put it on my credit card you know, and you know, it's gonna cut. Co- it's gonna take me a while, but I'm still gonna pay those thousand dollar shoes. You right. know, like, right? Just go with it. Just go buy the shoes, Charlie. Buy the fucking shoes. Well, I know, but tying back is that, like, yeah, buy the shoes. You deserve them, but you're gonna have to bust ass at work to pay for them. You know, get a sweet side gig, start a podcast, start in order a podcast to, in order to pay for that kind of stuff. Right? <laughs> We're not getting paid for this. We're not getting paid for this. Let's stop that <laughs> shit right now. <laughs> yeah, we're in the anyway. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I think that's the point is yeah. that I'm making is that you know, would you enjoy a work life balance? Would you give up all that consumerism, buying that fancy stuff? 
But, you know, I mean, but the, but the other end of the argument is, right, is that, well, you know, I got to somehow, you know, give myself a little reward for working as yeah. hard as I have, right? And so maybe I need those $1,000 shoes to make me feel good about it and make me motivate myself to continue working. Yeah. I don't know. Everybody's motivation is different, right? Yeah. This is certainly the general debating part of the podcast, folks. <laughs> Where Sandra believes that <laughs> Sandra believes that you should pay three and four hundred dollars on shoes because that's how many are sitting in my closet right now yeah. that I continue to have to be busting ass to pay for. Exactly. <laughs> She's she and Afterpay on a first name basis. She Afterpay, Klarna, Afterpay, yep. PayPal. All right. So good talk about work life balance. I think we kind of came to the point where we really don't know, you know, it's really up to that individual person, but I would say if you are the type of person that's working nonstop, nose to the grindstone, make sure you're Is taking it, care of yourself. I mean, yeah, I mean, but that's the thing, like, you know, you're you're letting life kind of pass you by, right? Like, yeah. you know, I mean. They may not feel that way, and that's fine. Oh, I mean, yeah, but I think that also, you know, like, I would think that when you get to the end of your life, right, and you're just kind of there, it's just like, well, shit, what did you do? You just just working the whole time like yeah i don't i don't know man to me you know i'm all about like yolo man like yeah to do this. once what's the nobody said on their deathbed i wish i had worked more yeah like, exactly like in like what did we say you can't take it with you you can't take right? it with you, you yep that's the you. title of the title of the episode yep all right well thank you folks for joining second middle podcast with sandra and charlie we hope you enjoyed this journey with us please note the views and opinions expressed on this podcast are solely the views and opinions of the persons expressing them we'll see you next week and we dive into more gen x topics by the way folks uh if you have thoughts or suggestions on an episode that you'd like to hear or a topic that you'd like us to cover uh, please feel free to drop those in to our email stuckchuck in the middle at gmail.com stuckchuck in the middle at gmail.com also we're on facebook and instagram feel free to drop your topics in there we can explore them if it's something that we are able to uh, research and bring to this table we'll be happy to do that special thanks to anita i saw that you did drop in some topic suggestions i appreciate that we're going to go ahead and write those down and see if those are topics that we can approach in the near future but until then if you are feeling stuck in the middle you are not alone